Hello, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Cantina Mekis podcast special Gentleman's Agreement While Driving Remix Edition. My name is John Jagu, glad to have you with us. It's Tuesday night. It's uh, Martes de Copa. Martes is... San Raul de Villacuapa. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, joining me, as always, in my gentlemen's agreements is Joel Aceves, who joins me from somewhere in an undisclosed location in Southern California. Not sure where or when. He, I'm not even sure if this is Joel that I'm speaking to. It could be it could be a Joel bot. So I'm, I'm not sure uh, this is Joel. Joel Aceves, how are you, sir? Doing good. Uh was watching the Chivas versus um, Cimarrones. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Um, Chivas versus the Rams. Uh, Copa Mex game. And I'm pretty much missing the Chaflas Pumas. But I think Atlas is one up. You hush your mouth. <laughs> it's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's the debut of... Uh, Bruno Marioni. It is. Over the weekend, uh, Pumas, after losing to, uh, I think it was Pachuca, 1 0. Yes. And, and after. Another debut. <laughs> Another RG. I think that it has to uh, the same Martin Trenza. That he used to have wasn't he the one that had like the little, the little braided ponytail? Was that was that Martin Palermo? Ah, uh, no, that's uh, Palacio Palacios. Well, yeah. So, uh, so uh, David Patino, a Mexican coach, uh, was uh, after about uh, I guess a little over two years at Pumas, uh, one full season and two mini seasons, was given the boot Bruno Marioni who Pumas fans will remember from the glory years of the uh, Bicampeonato. Uh, brought in, he was a coach at, uh, I'm not mistaken, Venados de Merida, where he uh, brought them from extinction into the Liguilla and the Ascenso. And uh, Pumas is hoping that they will have the same kind of profession there at Pumas. It was a change that, uh, frankly, needed to be made. Uh, I was, I've always been a big David, uh, David Patino fan. He was an outstanding player before he got hurt. He would have been uh, a, a mainstay on the 1994 World Cup team before he got hurt. He was an outstanding player. Didn't work out for him at Pumas. Pumas just, uh, you know, it kind of had like what, what I call the Chepo disease. And I don't mean that in a, in a bad way, but when I think of Chepo in a World Cup qualifying, Chepo would go up 2-0, 1-0, whatever it was. And instead of continuing to attack and continuing to play your style, they would go into a completely unaccustomed defensive shell, and they would panic, and it just would never work out. And that's exactly what Pumas have done in, in, in a couple of their uh, season. It just didn't work out for him. And they also did it uh, last season as well. So hopefully Mr. Patino will be able to land on his feet. I'm sure he'll be fine. But, yeah, Pumas – as I've mentioned on this podcast many times ago, Pumas is in trouble. They are not uh, 30 points last year, but it was 30 points, uh, you know, by, by beating a lot of bad teams. And uh, I lost you, John. I don't know if you're driving under a tunnel, but I, I, even, I hear no sound from your end. Excuse me, Hoyt. I was uh, talking about, uh, pardon me, about uh, Pumas's, uh They just, uh, you know, last season was kind of an aberration, and they just, they're just not good. They're not a good team. They were well coached. It was time to make a change. Mid season change, but at that point, it was had to. 
Yeah. Well, luckily, um, Veracruz is more than happy to to have a very horrible season and, and take the fall. <laughs> then you still have Atlas and and Puebla. You got a couple teams right there willing to to outperform Pumas when it comes to the tabla de porcentaje, which is used uh, to is it, that's what's used for relegation. The relegation right. percentage is, chart is like is like thirty points ahead of Veracruz, so you know they're uh, you know they don't have too many games to go. We have to worry about that. But uh, you know the, the it's the upcoming seasons. You know the Pumas fans should uh, thirty points because you know, I always say if you can get then you're probably going to be pretty safe. Well, you know, thirteen games. The the table that I have is this an old one? Um, I gotta make sure I have a new one. Okay, here is a cociente, because I think um, yeah, um, there's quite a few teams. So Veracruz, they're pretty much yeah, they're way down there. Yeah, they're relegation. They're they're on the fast track to relegation, and then and then there's the Gallos Blancos de Querétaro, followed by Puebla and Lobos, then Atlas. So I, I think uh, and and Pumas does have uh, quite an advantage over Atlas. So I think you still have a you know like two seasons. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you don't want to be, you don't want to be, you don't want to end up, you know, um, in the dreaded relegation zone. No, not uh, not at all. It's uh, not the, uh, it's not fun. I mean, Chivas were in the relegation zone for how many years? But three years. Yeah, it takes about three years to get out of it, like to make enough points that you're pretty safe, which was also Atlas. And Atlas is falling right back into it. But Chivas, yeah, Chivas was at one point candidate to go down. Uh, along with, um, man, what was the name of that team? The team that went down. Um, See, that's, what happens, that's what happens Sinaloa. when you get relegated. <laughs> it was a Sinaloa you team. And you were gone and forgotten. And yeah. No one, I mean, think of a team like Atlante, who's been around since the, you know, the turn of the 20th century. You know, one of the oldest clubs in Mexico. And, you know, they moved to Cancun. They won a, they won a championship. They, they were ahead. How many, how many Mexican teams can say this about, uh, about their trajectory? At one point, they were leading Barcelona 1-0. And a chance to go up 2-0. And... Missed their opportunity, and from that point on, chakabal. But now yeah. they're in Cancun. No one, no one knows. You know, they're, you know, they've been relegated for how many years now? They just, it's, it's like in that in, the, in Back to the Future when Marty's looking at, at the picture of his brother. It's fading. And they're yeah. starting to fade away. Yeah. That's what's happening to Atlantis. That's what's happening to Atlantis history and memory. They just, it, it is just fading away. Yeah, Atlantis, and they're one of the historic teams. Um, it's a shame, but I, 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 I could see Liga MX expanding to 20 teams. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think they used to be at 24 at one point. But, and to me, that would make sense if they went back up because, um, I, I just could see, um, I think that would take care of some issues. If they went up to 20 or 24 teams. Right. Um, cause I know well, that Televi, that Televisoras want, you know, they're beginning to have more competition. So. Well, they want more inventory. Excuse me? They want more inventory. Yeah, that would, that would guarantee the big two, cause they, they still have first dibs with the teams. Uh, but that would guarantee them to have more 
more games broadcasting. You know, at, at some point, Liga Mekis is going to have to. They're going to have to get get rid of their little fiefdom business model that they have, and they're, and they're going to have to. Uh, they're going to have to, you know, you know, for their television thing, they're going to have to. They're going to have to aggregate. Now, you know, Tom Marshall's pointed out, and rightly so, correctly so, and we have as well many times. When media companies own the soccer teams, it's going to be very hard for them, for the teams to, you know, which, you know, frankly is insane to me, but that's just the way it is. But the, the uh, I mean, it, 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 it's almost like you know, Liga Mekis, you know, and this is something we've talked about for years, that they, they are their own horse. And it's just uh, very unfortunate that, that it has to be in the way it is for them right now. Hoyle, you're bringing me down. You are bringing me down, Hoyle. We always, <laughs> we always go down this path, and we end up in like some really dark corner. Of, uh, of the Roman Mackeys. We need to uh, we need to step out. We need to talk about something more positive. Pumas did did tie um they tied Atlas. So that cup game is one one right now. You know what was the most painful about uh, about the Atlas game with Pumas had a few weeks ago is that when mm-hmm. Atlas scored they were claiming that that, that that Pumas gave up the victory, you know, snatched victory or snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> they, they said that the Pumas, you know, they lost it. I don't know. You know how painful that was going to have to do that? Yeah, not, not good at all, but I, I don't know, because, man. Let's be honest. When somebody, when it says, when, when an announcer says, I don't know. Is that a, a, a good thing or a bad thing? No, it's it's you're talking about a team that hasn't won hasn't won anything in I would say what sixty, seventy years. So it's yeah, it's not it's not good. It's not good. But I think Pumas they've been too thrifty. They're gonna have to loosen the coin purse. The strings on the coin purse. Uh, and then they should be fine, because they do have. Well, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm going to interrupt you really quickly, and, but you know, I, I have noticed that the, 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 that the strings on Pumas have been a little a little tighter ever since Banamex quit being a sponsor on their uh, years. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Continue. No, well, I mean they have the patronato they have. And they got a couple old dudes, man. They're, they're about to be 80. And uh, I'm like, if these guys just, you know, they're not willing to to put more effort into the team. Then, but I think it's every two years that, that the Patronato changes the board, the board of directors. And I was looking at a who's who right there, and they got quite a few. They got some big wigs, man. And I was like, you think these guys could start a GoFundMe with, <laughs> with all the connections they have? Um, I would expect more from, from this list of names. Well, I mean, um, let's face it. I mean, the, UNAM has something that is very unique in Mexican soccer is that they have you know, as far as quote-unquote clubs go, you can't get a club, uh, and I'm saying that with air quotes, bigger than than than, than Puma Sunam because you have an alumni base of the university at which at which the school that the team is affiliated with, and don't think that that doesn't play. You know, for for the and, and, and I'm not saying that every alum is going to be a, a huge Puma fan, but you have enough there that you can. I mean, there's. Um, you know, there, there's definitely some people that they can talk to. 
when, when it comes to what you're saying. And uh, yeah, I think that there's the opportunities there. Yeah, like some of the names that are in the Patronato. So they have Hector Slim Seade. Uh, and yes, he is related to Carlos Slim. And he's the CEO of Telmex. I mean, god dang. <laughs> Can you get a stadium naming rights? You know? <laughs> Wait, is that one of their main sponsors right now? Is it Telmex? Uh, no. Like, I don't think Telmex is a sponsor at all. Maybe they're not allowed to sponsor the team when they're... And the shirt, in, in their jersey, who who do they have? Uh, I think it's DHL. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. right. In, in uh, Banca Mifel. Ouch. They have Telcel... Herbalife and Corona. All three in the back. And in the front, they have DHL. And then they got something on the on the side. And you guys are almost like a NASCAR. You don't know what's no, going come on. Come on. <laughs> Nothing compares to those Santos jerseys from way back. No, they look like Santos. a newspaper. <laughs> yeah, they look like the, the, the Sunday funnies. Damn, man. That, those Santos from like what was it late nineties? Hey, I remember God when uh, damn, which Kibas <laughs> was pretty branded up too. So let's not pretend that it didn't happen. But never, was. never, never to Santos, man. Santos takes it. Those guys sold any inch into their jersey. It was like well, the ones that always crack me every day. It's in Monterrey. So Monterrey used to be just. I mean, they had a they had a, a sponsor for the left nalga and a sponsor for the right nalga. Oh man, that's I forgot about that. Um. But but yeah, looking looking at some of the names um, in 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 uh, in the patronato, um, it's some pretty big names. Um, hold on, let me get. And I had the list of 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 what they do and where they worked. There's a slim guy, um, and then they have a. Uh, Hold on. I can't get so this you, guy, man. Should have so done my homework. Well, we kind of jumped right on. While you uh, are looking for that list, we can uh, uh, we can discuss another topic. And that's what I was alluding to earlier. Is that uh, Mexico historically has looked for... Uh, you know, the, the striker position is a position of... Uh, of, uh, of uh, has always been one of need it's just and uh, you know, a lot of people seem to have been pretty quick to to dismiss uh, Raul Jimenez's chances over in the Premier League he uh, did not do well at Benfica. had a moderate amount of success at Benfica I think that you know, he probably would have done a lot better and, and, and played had uh, and he was scoring goals against um, Bayern München in, in the semifinals. It was the semis of the quarters of the championship. He was getting big goals for Benfica. And there was a deal for him to go play in China for, for $56 million, which I'm sure, as you pointed out, the agent got for him. What's the, his name, agent's name? It's uh, Mendes. Mendes. Uh, Jorge Mendes. So he, or Raul declines the offer, does does not go to China. Benfica, who like Porto, buys low and sells high. I mean, that goes against their business model. That, that, that is not what they, they don't buy guys and then have them not move on, especially for that much. Just it's not it's not part of their uh, their amount. Needless to say, after that decision was made by Raul. He did not play nearly as much at Benfica as he did before the offer came. So there was, he was obviously on the outs there. So, you know, the, the relationship between he and the club had been uh, had been settled. 
at least they were nice enough to send him over to uh, Wolverhampton over in the Premier League. And unbelievably, uh, Raul has has taken the opportunity. They threw him a bone, and as I mentioned before, going to the CC, sucking the marrow out of the bone with, with the chance of his getting it. And he got two more goals again today against West Ham. Teams, is, uh, yeah, against Chicharro's team. Against Chicharro's team, scores a doblete. Good goals, well taken goals. You know, not you know Chilenas from outside the area, but you know. And he's had a just an out, outstanding, sensational year at West Ham. He, he or at, at, at Wolverham, at Wolves, Wolverham has been. They are in seventh place. You know they have a they have a chance. Well, they are ten points behind, which is just you know at this point it's practically insurmountable. But uh, they have a chance for you know maybe even make, make Europe. And you know Wolverhampton is in the Premier League to stay up for a couple of years to make some TV money, and then what happens? You know, so they're not in it. I mean, they're in it to just barely escape relegation. He, John, he has, yeah, Jimenez has eight goals and six assists in the Premier League and two more and goals many, in the FA Cup. And how many goals out of, out of the, how many, so he has four, and, and I think he's also been, uh, he's also been awarded two penalty kicks, which is like a half assist. So yeah. that's 16 goals, 16 goals that... Raul Jimenez has been directly or indirectly responsible for. And how many goals have they scored in the, in the league this year? I don't know. I haven't been keeping up with with Wolves. Oh, I, thought, I thought we were. I thought we were doing a bit. I thought that uh, that you were going. Well, let me tell you, John. It's going to be. <laughs> no, no. I just had it because I I had updated the Facebook page uh, earlier after well, after the after the match because it was today. Um, so I had updated that for the for the followers right. of the Cantina and Facebook. So <clears throat> Wolverhampton has scored thirty goals this this year. So that means that Raúl Jiménez has been directly or indirectly responsible for fifty percent of Wolverhampton's goals this season. Fifty percent. What more could you ask for in a strike? You know, he's probably going to end up with. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing between 12 to 15 goals when it's all said and done in the Premier League. That, that's outstanding. Yeah, that's a nice that's a nice number. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say he's going to remain with Wolves one more season. Um, so Jorge Mendes is, is his super agent. So he's, he's known as a super agent in uh, European soccer. And he he's the guy that represents... Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, well, hang on a second. Don't, don't, it's not Wolves. Well, they don't have to buy him outright because he was on. If I'm not mistaken, he's on loan from Benfica to Wolves. So Benfica still. No, no, yeah, but but he has um, Mendes. Um, they have like uh, they have like something with Mendes. So I, I think he would make it happen. And and um, I, I think at this point. It benefits it just so. It, go ahead. Well, no, it just benefits uh, Jimenez to, to remain in the EPL. Um, I don't think Benfica would would want him back. Uh, I mean, even oh, if they saying, did, he, he wouldn't go. Want I'm not saying that, that Benfica and then I don't think Benfica wants him back. But I do know. I do know. Well, a couple of things. How interesting is it that that Wolves has a Portuguese coach? I don't know. Okay, I, don't know, I, I got. Know, I don't know I how got, that could happen. I got I got this this tidbit for you here, uh, Jon. So Mendes' relationship. Uh, so this is his relationship with Wolves. Uh, Mendes has a relationship with the Fosun conglomerate. I think it's Chinese investors, uh, which bought the club last summer from the house building magnate Steve Morgan. And so, so you're he, saying that Mendes is, is like a super duper. Uh, he has a company. business. Well, yeah, he has a business partnership 
And uh, he's basically the one in charge of uh, bringing the players. Um, well, no wonder he had that deal for him to go to China. See, it's, it's all yeah. making sense now. So that happened. And who does uh, – what what is the nationality of, of the coach at, at Wolves? It's Portuguese. Yep. So <laughs> basically it's me. It's all Mendes. Yeah, well, I think a lot of the players they brought in were all brought in from Mendes. And I think that's a big reason um, not to take anything away from Raul because I think he's a great talent. He's, he's shown that on the pitch. But when he arrived to Atletico de Madrid, uh, he had a really hard time. And under normal circumstances, they would have maybe just given how much they paid for him they would have probably just held on to him for like maybe one more season and he would have been back in Liga MX. Uh, but because he was well represented, that guy took him to Benfica in, in Portugal where he has connections and he managed to, to get playing time and, and, uh, had a chance to prove himself. Well, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it, what it does, Glenn, is that, you know, Men- Mendes is not just putting you know, a bunch of schlubs playing. You know, you know, Ben Mendes is the kind of guy that you know, you know he, he he wants he wants his roster to be full of as many talented players as possible. So if he has faith in Raul's if this guy has faith, then yeah, and he has, and I, and I think that this. I think that this would have would have happened, you know, had been, had he played for Benfica in those last, you know, after he uh, declined the uh, yeah the mega deal, which I'm wondering if it was the same Chinese that bought Wolves, you know, was, you could tell some of the same not. group. <laughs> yeah. So what I, what my point is is that I don't necessarily think that he's going to end up at Wolves, not because. No, he's not going back to Benfica. He's going to go to another Premier League. Ah, I don't know. I don't know, Yon. Um, I think he needs more than one good season for that. Um, The EPL is like, like, it's like Liga Mekis on steroids, man. I know, know, but we forget one one thing, and that's, that's just how difficult it is for Mexican players to make it abroad if they don't have the EU passport. So if you don't have an EU passport, teams can only have about four, five max sometimes non-European Union players. And so usually if you're one of those four or five, you have to be like very consistent. And uh, I just, I feel that one, one good season is not, you know. Yeah, but my point is, is he he was consistent he was yeah, consistent but, before the transfer move, and then he didn't play because they wouldn't play him. They were ticked at him, so I mean they lo congelaron. Yeah, yeah. So it what happened. That's, 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 what we're seeing now, we we would have seen back then. That's that. That is the only point I mean. Yeah, but I mean, I could see him staying in Wolves, and if he has two good seasons, and then I could see maybe another team saying, "Okay, he's." He's proven now. He's like a commodity in this league. He's he's shown that he he can adapt to the style of play and that he guarantees this many goals or this is what he brings to the team. You know, because he meets all the requirements. He's he's uh, he's tall. He's physically strong and and he's he's really good with the ball at his feet. That's what makes him such a great Premier League striker. Oh yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I mean that is that is that is the you know especially for the you know let's face it uh, you know he's not playing with his back to the goal per se but he can if he has to yeah he's, and, he's, and he has the bot handle yeah might might not see look at it in the field but he's six three just whoa right. <laughs> it's like, yeah six but foot three man because he has such great ball control. That you know, if, if, if he collect, if he brings the ball down, you know, you know he's going to do something with it. Yeah. And you're, it's not just a tronco that's uh, that's going to 
you know, stuff's going to bounce off of him, and that's, you know, hopefully it bounces in a in a positive direction. And that's not Raul at all. He's not a there's he is one hundred percent not a throw in any way. Six six three sin tacones, John. Imagine he puts those on. Forget about it. Yeah, he can be even yeah. taller. <laughs> you know, he's a great header. He shoots with the right and the left, and he has a wicked outside shot. You know, that, that's something that, that we don't see from his game very often. But. Yeah. Yeah, given his form, and this is something we talked about earlier, um, if, if these Mexican players uh, that are in Europe, not just in Europe, but like the key players uh, of the Mexican national team, if they maintain, if they're able to maintain this consistency, uh, come Gold Cup, they're just going to sweep. <laughs> man. But there's still a few months for that. It's going to be in the summer. The Gold Cup is going to have a, you know, I mean, I do agree that Mexico is going to have their their best and brightest there because not that needs to get you know, well, yeah, you know, yeah. Not, not that needs to get a trophy. Starting, starting with the right foot, and, and the, the table is set. I mean, you have Jimenez who's he's having a just career high, uh, and then you have Lainez who's now at Betis. He just got his his start. You know, he's already right. been getting playing time, uh, and. and, and and he's been looking I'm good. Excited. Yeah, that, that it's great that these one or two guys are doing this. Mexico then, needs 30, yeah. 40 guys. 30, <laughs> they need to have <laughs> No, it's true. It's true. But yeah, right I mean, now for yeah, the, that, that, for the Gold Cup, gonna... for, for the Gold Cup, we just need five, yeah. Uh, for the World Cup, we need 30. But for the Gold Cup, we have right. five, five good ones. And, and so, yeah, you got this guy, uh, Jimenez, Linus, you get Chucky in there. Uh, and and the you know they they have the the goalkeeper uh, Ochoa has always been solid, and you still have Hector Moreno, uh, even Salcedo who returned. He's he's <laughs> he's still selection material. Uh, but Tecatito has had an outstanding season. Oh, that's right. He's having a really you know, good season, man. And they're playing him. They're playing him as a wing back, Tecatito. Which which yeah. makes them even more dangerous as far as because that means that now you have two guys on that side that can so, do crazy crazy things. So see well. see John, no need to worry that La Chofis is down. I think Mexico has ample cover. Well, you know that when 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 La Chofis <laughs> does come back, uh, when La Chofis does come back, that's just going to set the team over again. That's oh man, that is what that's just going to team you. You want the quinto partido? Can I interest you in the quinto partido? Are you, are you in the market to make the quinto partido, sexto partido? See, sexto. Why, why, settle, why settle for the quinto? Let's make the sexto. Because if you make the sexto, then you're going to play a septima, right? You're going to win yeah. or lose. You're going to play seven. So let's go for the sexto partido. That should be the goal. I think. I think being a semifinal. People say, "Well, why don't you do? You know, why don't you? You want know, your goal to win the World Cup? Of course, everyone. But you know, the reality yeah. is that." Yeah. Anyone. They got to get some well, breaks on the way, but you know what? It happens. Yeah, I think it's bound to happen for Mexico, man. I think, I think that the team has been its own worst enemy, uh, and, and we'll it's made some. It's made some bad choices. If not, they could have gotten there. Uh, even because sometimes the cards just. The cards just lay on the table like that, and and we've seen teams that have gotten that far before, just based on one good generation, right. or 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 you just had the right opponents. So we saw, for example, Bulgaria, who knocked out Mexico in '94, and and Mexico had them on the ropes. They were winning one zero, uh, and then Bulgaria lost a man, was trying to punch Luis Garcia, or <laughs> he was, or oh wait, that was. That was the Irish team, huh? Remember the guy that runs uh, behind Luis Garcia throwing punches? Right. Oh, yeah, Terry Taylor. <laughs> Who and was an actual boxer, Luis, I think. <laughs> and then Luis Garcia puts his arm around him, starts talking to him, and says, hey, you see that scoreboard over there, buddy? See those two goals? 
he goes, I scored those. Yo las metí. Yo las metí. Yeah, flashback. Flashback to the finger tap back on his chest. It's a great moment. I almost forgot it. Great World Cup moments. I almost forgot about that. I just remembered it right now. But players running right behind him, uh, Luis Garcia striding away, and this guy throws two punches, man. That's him in the back of the head. <laughs> Missed him. Why, Missed him. Why he wasn't red carded? Why he wasn't red carded? It's just shocking. <laughs> oh man. Oh okay. Uh, but but yeah, and but then um. Against Bulgaria, though, I remember uh, Mexico's winning 1-0. There was a red card. I, I think it was on, for a foul on Luis Garcia. And then um, that was when the whole controversy came because um, uh, Michel Barón was the coach at the time, and he sent Hugo Sanchez to warm up. And uh, and then he sits him right back in the bench. Why are you bringing me down? But, but see, that, that Bulgaria team went on, got... You know, went on to progress further. Uh, you, we've seen Korea and Turkey also advance pretty far. And I was like, Mexico could do the same, you know? They that could. Same World Cup. Sweden was a semifinalist. Oh, uh, yeah, Sweden. Sweden and Bulgaria were semifinal. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, that could have. Exactly. Yeah, those are, and then it's those so, aren't teams that aren't that consistent when you look at, or, or that strong, you know, that are considered top 10. That Germany Bulgaria game is still the the funniest. I, I have a good swell. I think it's a good story. I just I actually we were watching that. I I went full Walter Mercado win because Germany scores. They're like twenty minutes left. Ah, you know what? Bulgaria is going to get two goals. They're going to win this. <laughs> and I just it just just popped out. And then Lechkov, I don't know. Uh, Risto draws a foul. He just like falls, and the refs blow the whistle. Of course, takes a free kick and it goes in. You know, very smart. That's the only way they were going to score against. Him. So why not draw the foul? Yeah. And uh, and then the second one was you know Lechkov, which is you know one of one of the great World Cup goals in history. The, the diving header. Just a, just a, a beautiful goal. And yeah, they make semifinals. Sweden has made it. Tur- Turkey, boy, Turkey, boy. Yes. Yeah, Turkey and everyone at that point was talking about they were going to be the new <clears throat> one of the new powerhouses. Uh, their league was on the rise. They were investing good money. They were putting in these players. Um, Uruguay, Uruguay made the semifinals in 2010. Ah, right? but Uruguay is something else, though. You're not. Well, hang on a second. Mira, 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 mira. <laughs> mira hang on a second. Mexico had that path. That path that Uruguay took. Ah yes, was 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 available in the head for Mexico, so it could have been Mexico beating Korea and Ghana to make the semifinals like Uruguay. I look, I'm, Uruguay is a great team, and they deservedly won both those games. I mean, that was a great generation, but there's no there's no talent, there's no saying that Mexico could not have won either either of those games or both those games as well. But you know, that's just that you don't that they have, you have to catch some breaks. You know, Mexico loses that game, they play freaking Argentina instead. Well, you know, the more hurt, I'm going to give it to you now, the, is uh, Genju, 2002, Oof. man. That's, <laughs> that was, man, you played a confederation rival, and and they lost. And that was, that was pretty bad. And I think... Uh, you know, I think I've said, like, maybe 50 words about that game. <laughs> yeah, it's painful. It's painful. One thing that I always felt led to that to that uh, win was because up, up until then, uh, Max had been playing a friendly in the U.S. pretty much every year, and and it was when they had just gotten with Soccer United Marketing, and like and I think that was one of the main things to have a. You know, one of these classicals, Concacaf classical in the U.S. and and they would always have it uh, after February or after the, uh, January. I can't remember, but 
it was it was always because the U.S. always would host camp around that time. So I mean, they would prepare well, and and a lot of times Mex would just go into that game like por compromiso, you know, we we have to play it, whatever. But every win, it just gave the U.S. more confidence. So it got to the point where they're facing Mexico, and you know they well, they, they know it. The U.S. team, when they pay out like bonuses to the national team, like 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 per diem or whatever it is, the the bonus the players get for beating Mexico is as high as winning a World Cup game. As high, but you know, and and then just just uh, they had known by that point they had no, but those have got gotten into the Mexican players' heads, and you could see it in that game. Uh, you can see a lot of the frustration of and all that, and they already knew it, and and they had kind of won that game. So I, I remember, I remember uh, seeing that match, uh, not seeing that match, but I was the last games of the group, and I was playing Portugal. No, not Portugal. They were they were playing. Uh, what was it? Poland. They had lost pretty yeah, bad to flipped. Poland, and right. they were they were about to be eliminated. Portugal is playing Korea. And Portugal's down like two men, and this is one of their golden generation with uh, Figo and and Rifago. They had a couple of good players that were just they had one like under twenty. Uh, they were just it was like their golden generation, uh, right. pre pre CR seven, and Ricosta and Pauleta. There you go. <laughs> yeah, those are the names and. And uh, they came, dude. They came close to winning, despite being two men down. When they they hit that post, and if that that ball would have gone in, they're through, and and the would have been eliminated. Uh, but then when when I saw that they lose, and then I saw like, oh, U.S. to face Mexico, I was like, oh man, that's that's the one game I did not want. Yeah, no, it was uh, exactly. I mean, they were they'd gotten into the fans' heads too. See. Were, yeah, no, were, it, they were in your head. Well, because I had seen it already. Um, Copa America, 90, what was it, 95? They beat Mexico in penalties. Uh, there was a Nike, Nike Cup, a Nike Cup when Hugo Sanchez was, he was, he had Pumas. Remember, Mexico sent Pumas to a, selec- right. a mini selection tournament. So it was Pumas wearing the selection kit. And they won that game 3 0. It was uh, Bruce Arena had taken over. So they had already been winning a couple games uh, between friendlies and, and tournaments. So I was like, oh, snap. This, this is, and, and I know as friends, we used to brush it off. Well, sometimes it's also, we don't care. It was this tournament. That was our B team. It did not matter to them, man. They were just See, adding it was, in. It was in their heads, too. I'm telling you, it was. Uh, and, 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 and that coil, I believe, it's. Uh, what could very well happen? If, oh, if, not uh, if, if, oh. If, if the U.S. wins the gold cup. This, yeah. uh, I think that the, the, the decade of dominance, we're, we're at a crossroads here. But you know, I, I feel that it, it uh, you know, the man, uh, Mexicans managed to to revert that, and and I saw it in two gold cups, the one when they went under Aguirre when they won five zero, is just crushing defeat. And then the 2011 when um, they were losing and and they were losing 2-0 and and they they end up winning at 4-2. That's when you have that that geo goal. I'm sure a lot of people have seen a gif of it when he dribbles around uh, Tim Howard. And then uh, let's give let's give JC some credit. He got that win at Columbus, which was their fourth. It was the stronghold, impenetrable, and and finally got that win there. So I, I think they they've they sort of reverted a lot of that. And it was, uh, it was, but I, too. Just, yeah. But but I, I feel this this team is still very strong. Like if if you were to put all the if you were to bring in all the all the you know the heavy hitters, uh, it's just stronger. I know they played recently. That doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. With, with Tuca, 
that was the reason a lot of what I was talking about earlier, how Mike's will schedule these friendlies and just how much more serious they take them. And, and we saw the uh, U.S. win. They beat the, I told, I told you, the Tuca-led youth team, huh? The, uh, the U.S. US soccer pays bonuses for wins <laughs> yeah. in friendlies. And the one that they get the most for is for being Mexico. But you know, John, todos los veo verdes. I think they're going to be better off than 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 the last cycle. But I, I still not as strong uh, when compared to what you have with all these Mexican See, dudes. You're, you're you're making the same mistake that you're. No, I'm not. That you're criticizing the folks. That you're criticizing the folks for for doing in, in, in the 2002 cycle. No, I mean, because in the past they've had some of their players that were just the U.S. had their players that were on top of their game, and um, right now, like, like uh, some some of these guys that are expected to be better, like Julian Green, he's not exactly. I still think he's a good player, but he he's not at that level that people thought he was gonna be because he was at. He was with Bayern Munich, you know, and and now he's in like I can't even pronounce this club. It's called uh, Kurth Firth. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. God bless you. Are you okay? And uh, and it's in the second. It's not even a Bundesliga team. It's it's like their second division team. And so I mean, I'm not trying to knock the player, but. This was one of the guys they thought, you know, was going to be right now starting for, for Bayern, you know? So, I, I said, and again, and that's, you know, you know, I talk to U.S. fans and Mexico fans. That is the, right there is the biggest difference between U.S. and Mexico and, you know, it's to look like South American powers. Because the South American powers, Uruguay, Brazil, and Argentina have dozens of players. Yes. Playing. And then they have guys that, that, you know, they have guys that failed. They're not all successful. They have guys that fail too. And they end up in the league. But uh, they have dozens of players in here. If, if, if you want Mexico to, to, to play well consistently in these, turn, these international tournaments where they can compete and, and, and get to where you want them to be, that's the only way. It's, they, you can't do it with nine guys in Europe. You need you need nine guys in the EPL. You need fifteen guys in La Liga, ten guys in, in the that that's the only way it's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, well it, that's that's where ultimately that's that's what that's the goal and that's why I think just going back to Liga MX being at twenty twenty four, twenty or twenty four teams in the league, it would help because Ultimately, that means you having more Mexican players active, uh, especially if they don't reduce the foreign limit. So that that just means just more opportunities for for more talent to to come out. You know, can we just compromise? Just say just say seven foreigners on on, on your thirty man squad. <laughs> but then they do the naturalizados, and then that just you know. These guys are always finding loopholes. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But, uh, you know, I do that, uh, you know, that, that's what Mexico should aspire to, Coel, is, is, is to make, you know, make, make the semifinals of the world. Semi, you know, have a chance to play for the final. You know, you know the semifinal has to be more nervy than the final. Because the final, I mean, it's like, well, I mean, that's the end of the road. But the semifinal, the semifinal to play that game and not get a chance to, to experience that, you know, that's that, that one's got to be the killer. So we, we, we need to start a campaign going. But let's get to the sexto factor. Because the sexto guarantees a second. We will. I think, I think we'll see it, Yon. We'll see it. If not this coming World Cup, uh, the, the next one, because... It's going to be that 48-team 48, 48 World Cup. It's going to be a lot of shenanigans. Uh, 
and, and Mexico, <laughs> and there's yeah, and Mexico. Well, I'll tell you what, it's going to be tough because uh, if, if, if FIFA is doing it the way I think they're going to do it, yeah, only the group winners advance. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it's it's three. yeah, it's going to be group of three. But I mean, if it'll be Mexico, India, and um, and like something like Mali or something, and. Oh, well, it's going to be one through sixteen, <laughs> and then seventeen through thirty-two. Seventeen through thirty-two are good teams, you know, teams that can beat Mexico. And and then you know, thirty, thirty-three through forty-eight. So, yeah, yeah but I mean, but but uh, Mexico will be cabeza de serie, so they're going to avoid. They're going to avoid yeah, but I mean, also the 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 U.S. World Cup 2022, Mexico's having all home games. So I mean, if you can't get it there, then forget it. Just call it a night. Right. <laughs> you pack it up and uh, fuck. Let's let's just dedicate ourselves to caminata or or something else. So, <laughs> just some other sport. Like El Sargento Pedraza. Yeah. <laughs> you know who that is, right, Joel? No, I actually, I do not. You don't know who the Sargento Pedraza was? No, Sargento sir. Pedraza was the one who uh, got the silver medal uh, at the 68 Olympics. Damn. <laughs> in in the to... first track and field medal Mexico had ever won. Yeah. Well, my, Mexico's been a powerhouse in, in Caminata. Ever since. Ever since. Yeah, and those wandering caminata is like speed walking, right? Yes. Absolutely. I was. I remember when they won the gold and silver in Los Angeles too. Remember that? Mm. No, I never kept up with caminata. Yeah, you um, never into the. You, you don't walk like 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 those guys do. No, like I tried it, but. Only, only, mall, only when I have to go to the bathroom. I'm a... <laughs> well, that's a very good point. It is like a like a twenty kilometer potty walk. I eat a burrito once, and yeah, you did the potty dance <laughs> for sixteen miles. Las tienes bien apretadas, You have to. Dang. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we. In those situations, you have to. Uh, but, John, ya casi no, se me termina. Se, se terminan mis minutos. And, said, your calling card is running out, Joel. My calling card, you read my mind. I was just going to say that. My calling card, um, any topic you want to finish this off with? Uh, well, we have three. What happened? Good way points, so I'm still, I'm still bullish on Cruz Azul, and uh, oh, and then so did Tigres. So all the, you know, the, the talks of demise that, uh, you know, that, that Tigres and Cruz Azul were, you know, not going to be as good, are uh, unfounded, unfounded boy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think fans forget just how. Liga MX is, is pretty evenly matched. And uh, even though the teams you name are still stronger, uh, it's not to the point where they're just going to, they're going to steamroll competition. They have to be at their absolute best. But but right. uh, Liga MX teams, usually they do a good job of reinforcing. So you really can't expect a lot of times uh, teams to you know, you can't expect them that they're gonna just stay how they were uh, most of the time, uh, just because they they could easily they could easily bulk up. So one of the things we saw with Chivas, they went out and got five, four or five players, and and um, they look like a different team from last season. Uh, they're currently in second place, and I believe they face Veracruz, which. Uh, they should take some points from there. It's, it's imperative for them to get some points. 
uh, so they could continue on their run for Liguilla. So, yeah, that we, we how, see that. That's how Pumas qualified, is that they beat the bad teams. I mean, they didn't tie the bad teams. They beat the bad teams. Yeah. And if you beat five bad, that's 15 points. That means you yeah, need that's... to get 11 points from your other 12 games. you got to beat the bad teams in Liga MX to make the Liga. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, that, that's just what it's kind of been. Because, uh, yeah, Cruz Azul, for example, faced Chivas, and, and Chivas beat them. But, I mean, they were playing a, a Chivas team that was just, just came well prepared. Uh, but but I think, uh, I, yeah, Cruz Azul and, and the teams you're mentioning, your own Tigres, they're all going to be, you know, at the end of the season, they're, they're going to be competing. Uh, you have to have some, some type of nuclear meltdown for those teams to miss out. As a as a a self as a professed Chivas fan, you're a Chivas fan. Let's let's not let's not mince words. You may not be as passionate as you once were. But my question <laughs> is, when, when Chivas starts to play well, does is it like ET when he knows he's coming home and he starts glowing because you know, they've sent the signal and this? Pretty is much. That what happens to Chivas fans when they start playing well? Does like. Does the, 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 does the heart light turn on? You start glowing, and like you start paying attention a little I more. Would, you kind of yes. set up a little bit more when you're watching. I would so say so. Is the Chivas fans are the biggest fairweather fan? Not that's, that's not what I'm. No, that's great. You know that that's how all fans. Should be. You know you can, you know things happen and this and that. But if your team's playing well, then you know what I just described yeah. is something that happened not just with Chivas fans, but with you know every fan. You know think of. An Atlas fan, like when that finally happens for Atlas, how long it can take that light? It, 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 it's like when you're trying to start the lawnmower with with uh, <laughs> you know, cord, and it takes you like 20 times to do it. That's what's going to happen to Atlas when they finally get the light on. So, yeah, I'm, 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 and Atlas, you know, and, and we were talking about just how if teams do the right investments, how much how much stronger they can get. And so we're seeing like the teams that didn't really invest are the ones struggling, and that, that would be Pumas and Querétaro's having a really hard time. Querétaro's a team that last season, uh, they they made it in the eighth place, uh, and now they're just, they've been pretty bad, but, you know, they, they just, they did not, they did not, you know, the directiva did not, did not reinforce the team. They did not. So, yeah, yeah. Maybe, so Pumas tied Veracruz at home. That goes to, you know, Veracruz is, is terrible. They are. They are, but they terrible. do have a really good coach who is bound to cause some few headaches. Well, Joel, I don't want to go over your minutes. I know that we're, we've, we've reached yeah. our limit here. So <laughs> before we go, do you, do you have any, 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 any final tirade you want to get off your chest or, or any... Mm. Um, any pearl of wisdom, perhaps? Not a tirade, but a words of wisdom for our listeners. Um, no, I think we hit the main, the main topics, uh, and and we, the big, the big talking points where we made them last week with Does, uh, uh, with this guy returning home, which was Titan Salcedo, and now there's the news that. It's almost a done deal that Layun is coming back as well. Uh, Monterrey seems to be one of the main. Monterrey, man, they they really want it. They have two of the top three most expensive uh, signings of the season. They already have two of the three, and if they bring in Layun, they're sending a big message, man. They want, they're going to want that League IMX title. Um, that's, they, they, they grasp it a few times, Jorn. They, they've they kinda... watched other teams win a title <laughs> in their brand shiny state. They got to hold it and got taken away from them. But, man, that's like, whoa. I think uh, it'll be kind of funny if they still lost. How permanent the ass chapping is. Oh, for yeah. a Rayados fan to know that Tigres won a title at the Tamalera. <laughs> <before Rayados. laughs> Seriously, I mean, that's yeah. 
that, 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 that's got to be a, just a, you know, ass chappy that lasts a lifetime. They're, they're going to steal the spotlight from Cruz Azul, you know? It's not going to be like Cruz Azul, it's going to be like La Raya or something like that. Um, but that, that's, that's about it. I'll say Layun, uh, I'll be happy to see him back. Uh, and I don't know if there's, if we're going to see the same. Career, career year. He did alright. He, he played yeah, well. he, he's had, and I think that's, does he? I think he does have an EU passport though. I'm pretty sure he, he does. does. Yeah. It made it a lot his, easier for him to go. Yeah, his, his, uh, his family, I think his grandparents are Spaniards. They're Italian. Oh, they're Italian. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, but, but yeah, you're right, John. He had a good career. Uh, be glad to see him back. Uh, but that's, that's just it. Fair enough. Well, uh, any, uh, any, so any predictions for, for, for your Chivas, uh, against, uh, Veracruz, uh, against the Tibu? Yeah, I expect, I expect him to take some points from the Puerto Jarocho. One point will, minimum. Will, will Chopi score four goals or five no, goals? No, he's, he's in his dreams because he's, he's injured still, John. He, he won't be back till like maybe two well, months. To me, to me there, there's no point in playing Chopi's. Until he's 100%. He's like, he's like a, a 100, 100 meter dash athlete. If there's something wrong, it's, it's, it's not worth it. It's yes. not worth the trouble. Not at all. So, that, but that's, but, you know, but once he gets going, you know, you know, you know, he can't be stopped. He cannot. He <laughs> cannot be stopped. The force, the force is very strong with Patrocas. You, know, you know, I believe that in my heart. I don't know, I, you believe it too. A little bit. I think it yeah. can be. I think it can be. Yes. But we'll see. <laughs> he needs to. He needs to get his head good with ball, and then I think that he could be a. He's only. He's like twenty three, twenty four now, right? Yes. So, it's ahora o nunca for la chopis. It's. Uh, I think. Yeah. One of those things. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Well, Joel. Thank you so much for joining me on my little journey here. Now, because I know we only had an hour, I actually should be. We actually should be proud of me. I I did not stop for kolaches this time. So. Oh man! No, Wait. no kolaches for me this time. No kolaches. You probably just passed by it though, so that's. But there are several, good. several Whataburgers between me and my house. Ah. And I'm not. I'm not guaranteeing <laughs> that I won't. That I will not stop. <laughs> I don't know what I just said, but it sounds like. I'm hedging my bets. Yeah. Well, I know. I well, well, I appreciate you coming on. I thought we, uh, you know, it's uh, always a pleasure to, uh, to to talk footy with you. And uh, you know, I, I have to, before we go, I do have to mention one one last thing. Uh, you know, we're hoping that uh, that our friend uh, Tom and Meditos Harrison uh, has 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 learned the very valuable skill of of, of eating a taco without spilling it. I'm sure he has. I'm sure he picked it up very quickly. Yeah, he's been living. Yeah, for those that don't know, he's he's been living in Mexico now for a couple months. So Uh, we wish him the best of luck in in learning how to. Because you know, it's 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 almost you have to you know the pinky is very important when you hold a when you hold a taco to to not to not spill. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's part of the. It's. uh, it is. It is. It is indeed very, very. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, we'll but have boy, him I, I will. Uh, I will uh, bid farewell to you, sir. Bid farewell to our audience. Thank you very much for joining us here on a gentlemen's agreement while driving remix edition of the Cantina Mechis podcast. Uh, we will as on Thursday. So we thank you for listening, and of course, you can listen to this. Live on our YouTube page. It, 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 uh, that's how you can do it, by all means. We also are available to you on iTunes and on Google Play. Subscribe to us, and we'll be podcast and post the podcast to get delivered right to your phone. So, who didn't want to listen to these guys talk Mexican soccer? I mean, seriously, talk Mexican soccer for an hour or so. Anyway, we do appreciate y'all listening. My name is John Chagut. For Joel Aceves, I bid you a 
very good evening. Thank you very much. Well, Hoyle, if you're still with me... Uh, yeah, I'm here. Uh, we're actually still on the air. You have to <laughs> bear with me for, uh, for a few moments as I uh, find a, a, a spot to do what we need to do. So, uh, so how about like a little... This is like the after party, Hoyle. You know, people have probably turned it off. and you know, now, now we can get to the really good stuff, Hoyle. <laughs> No, ya, ahora, ahora sí ya, ya me voy, John. <laughs>